0: You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt.
1: And I'm Nathan Van Horn.
0: The Bible is the most read book ever, but for some it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about our show or to contact us directly, visit our website at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. And listener, we welcome you to episode 147 on this lovely Tuesday or whenever it is you're listening. If you're one of the the elect, as we like to say, if you're one of the truly faithful that listen to us every Tuesday morning, right when the episode comes out, welcome. To everyone else, the same welcome because you're also valued members of this podcast. Even if you're listening on a third-party platform that isn't Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, we still love you and we value you. But... Please, um, we haven't gotten a message. Even you know what? I'm ready to call some people out. Even our regulars, who normally write into our show at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast dot com, have not been doing this. Uh, contributor, friend of the show, Caitlin Flowers, I've not <laughs> received. I've not received an email in some time. So I don't know. I don't know what's up with that, Ginny. Ginny, um, we not have not received email in some time, and uh, this is not a threat. This is just a statement I'm putting down the table. Friend of the show can be revoked. I just want to... Gandalf does not, Gandalf does about, not right? speak for all of us. This is not salvation we're talking about. Gandalf does not speak
1: for all of us. The
0: the elect the elect is for service, not for salvation. Let's just put it like the that. T- the tough <laughs> thing
1: is whatever I say can be edited out because there are three contributors but only one producer. Yeah, <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> I am the puppet master. All um, right. all that All that being said all that let's see we're still in genesis 28 and we're still talking about dreams i don't actually know that but i'm pretty confident in saying that
2: (laughs) yeah we're still going to be we're going to reread where we were last week uh genesis chapter 28 verses 10 uh and why don't we get all the way down to 17 and uh dr van horn why don't you take it away there uh are you said
1: we're going all the way through 17
2: yeah. We won't get there in our commentary, but just, just to give a little bit more of
1: hearing out what the dream actually says. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, listeners, this is Genesis twenty-eight, ten through 17. And as always from the ESV, Jacob left Beersheba and went down to Haran and he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set taking one of the stones of the place. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Mm-hmm. So early in the morning – oh, I kept reading. Yeah,
2: yeah. let stop right there, even though okay, that's good so, stuff.
1: Okay, so rewind, and this is the gate of heaven. End reading. Mm. Yeah.
0: I so, love that the phrase, how awesome is this place, is like in a mainstream
2: translation of the Bible – So
0: that just seems like such a, a contemporary phrase.
2: Well, so, okay. Now, what is interesting is that word, even though we have not seen awesome before, this is the first time that if you're reading your English Bible, that you've seen this word awesome. But in Hebrew, we certainly have seen this before. Like this goes way back early in the text, all the way to shocker, the Garden of Eden, to Genesis 3 and verse 10. Uh, Gandalf, let me read it to you. And it says, you tell me which word you think is awesome. Okay. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. That same word is in there. Okay. That's that's a bit of a puzzler. Yeah. It's, it's afraid. The idea of awesome, oh, like awe, like, oh, dread, fear, all, all yeah, of the same, all of that stuff. And what's what's really cool is I think this may be the first. Yeah, this is the first time that this word is used in the text, and it and it means a reverential fear. And I think that's why the translators translate it as awesome. So you capture, there's a reason they're not translating it. How fearful is this place? Because they're, they're wanting to capture that. This is, this is how, uh, this is what is taking place here. Jacob is acknowledging that this is a totally different kind of fear. And, you know, and by the way, the fear of God is a huge topic. In the Bible. So awesome connects to this idea of fear. Um, so, yeah, so it's not just a it's this is not the Bible trying to be cool. Um, it's it's just simply right here that this is the first place where there's a healthy fear that goes on.
1: Yeah, it, it is neat because we linked this back uh, very briefly to Abraham's dream in Genesis 15. Mm-hmm. And you have some of the same. Um, uh, the same elements of the scene in both, like as the sun was going down, Genesis fifteen twelve, a deep sleep mm-hmm. fell on Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Yep, it speaks around it without saying it directly. Um, Correct, and it also talks about you know when he's talking to Abraham, you have some of the same elements. Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on that nation and afterward they will come out with great possessions as for you. Like I'm going to bring you back. Right. And they shall come mm-hmm. back here. Verse 16 in the fourth generation. Um, so you you have the whole sun going down, which is reiterated when the sun had gone down and it was dark. Verse 17. Um, mm-hmm. I, so this dream is connected to that dream. And going and forward, we'll see this again. And it will once again be connected with God's promises to Abraham. And Genesis twenty-eight ten,
2: 10, uh, you pointing out verse 11, because the sun had set.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Both, both thematically and lexically, there are links between those passages. Mm. Where did, remind me, I don't have it in front of me.
2: Genesis 15. Where did that dream take place? Oh gosh, I should know. Um, um, let me look it up real quick.
1: Do we have a special marker for Abraham? Uh, in uh, the chat, the story right before that is right after uh, he returns from Kadarlo uh for defeating those kings. So
2: the oaks of Mamre, essentially. Isn't this where he? Yeah. Yeah. I would think, Uh, but yeah, he had a dream by the trees. Shocker. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah. Hmm. How about that? Well, so, but I, I also
1: think there's another word that came up that I think is very interesting. I don't mm-hmm. know that we have seen it in the text. Uh, in fact, let me check. I don't know that we've seen it lexically, but we have seen it conceptually. Um. Uh, so in this passage, in his uh, vision of the angels going up and down, mm-hmm. He wakes up from the dream and, uh, you know, he's afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Uh, This is none other than the house of God. The the dream has been of a a stairwell or a ladder. Right. Right. And and yet he says this is none other than the house of God, which is where it gets its name, Bethel, house of God. And Mm -hmm. this is the gate of heaven. Have we seen gate before this? Hmm.
0: We have the
1: we have the concept of an entrance or a gate, and we have an an, and we have an. That's it. We have um, the the guardian cherubim uh, stationed at the entrance of Eden, right? I don't think this word is used there, but you have that concept of uh, spatial distance: us and God and angels in between. Um, Yeah.
2: so yeah, because it's only used at like Lot was sitting at the city gate in yeah, Sodom. But not, but, but yeah, but no, but I'm saying I
1: don't think it's in Genesis three, right?
2: Right, but unless yeah, I, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Like conceptually, there is this way back to paradise, which is guarded by cherubim. Yeah, is that what you're getting at?
1: Well, and that there's and that there's not just a, a there's not just a chasm to span. There's there's a there's a door a gate an entry point i'm I'm thinking you know i'm 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 mentally punting forward to john chapter one and then john chapter 10 um because at the at the beginning of jesus's ministry in the gospel of john at the end of john uh chapter one uh this is after the baptism uh this is when he's calling uh philip and nathaniel as disciples Mm -hmm. um and Uh, You know, he comes up and he says, Behold, uh, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. I like the translation guile because it sounds cool. And Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, "Um, Before Philip called you uh, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? By the way, fig tree is a symbol for Israel sometimes.
2: It, yeah, Israel. At least pay attention, yeah.
1: pay attention anytime a Jewish guy talks about trees in the Bible. Um, <laughs> you will see you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, um, Truly, truly, or amen, amen, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of God. Uh, excuse me, on the Son of Man. Um, I think that's interesting.
2: Yeah. Uh, so because also, because
1: la- later in John 10, what will Jesus say? He will say, I am the door the or I am or the, the gate.
2: gate. So... Also, what's interesting? Do y'all remember we talked about this back during our Babylonian episode or Tower of Babel episode? That in Akkadian, gate Babel means gateway to
1: God. Like that's right.
2: In, in Hebrew, Babel, it's confusion. Yeah, yeah. but in
1: um, but it could be a, it could be one of those play on word things uh, where there's an assumed familiarity. Like it's it's kind of like calling uh, Jezebel is probably not Jezebel's name. Jezebel's name is probably Isabel, but right. you you can assume that familiarity. And because that you can say Jezebel capture a new nuance, but everybody knows who you're talking about.
2: Right. But what I'm saying is that the Babylonians understood themselves as the gate to God. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, yeah, I definitely agree that it's a play on words to take a shot at Babylon. But um, but that here there is a huge difference between the attempt of the tower of Babel to connect to the heavens versus, um, what is actually going to happen ultimately through Christ here.
1: And, and, and I kind of want to, um I kind of want to play new Testament guy slash preacher with that in this episode. Um, because there is so much, and we've, we talked about this, uh, a little bit last week, um, with the, um, the stone uh the unhewn stone versus the cut stone right right and you said that becomes significant when map
2: well altars temple all that
1: yeah i'm especially thinking of the temple and we have to remember biblically we have more than one temple right um so we've got solomon's temple but what happens to it
2: well burned to the ground raised mm-hmm. Uh,
1: And then after the exile, what is uh, priority number one? Even before we uh, rebuild a wall for the city, what do we build in the city?
2: Build a temple.
1: Yeah, and it gets gets flustered for a little bit, but then uh, Zerubbabel comes along, and there's actually weeping by some of the elder Jews over the temple because it didn't match the grandeur of Solomon's temple. And Zechariah 4 touches on that, about not despising the day of small things. Interestingly, though... What is never said of, of Zerubbabel's temple that was said of Solomon's temple? We never hear about God's glory resting on it, right? Right. And
2: the Ark of the Covenant is never said to have rested there either um, as a symbol of God's presence.
1: And so it's really interesting when we get to the Gospel of John and we hear things like the Word became flesh and Eschenes and tabernacled among us and we beheld his glory. And then at the end of John chapter one, he's talking about angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And then in Jesus, uh, and then in John chapter two, Jesus gets uh, Jesus refers uh, to himself with temple language that his disciples later understood to refer to the temple of his body. You know, Jesus, uh, John right. two nineteen. Jesus answered them, "Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up." The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And they're, refer- they're referring to Herod's renovation, right? One of the right. ways that Herod wanted to legitimate, legitimate himself as a Jewish king, even though he was not fully Jewish, he was half uh, Ajumaean, Um, but he marries the most Jewish wife he can, Maryamne, which is one of the Maccabees' uh, sisters. And then he has an extensive renovation of the temple. Man, Herod got symbolism and imagery uh, and mm-hmm. man. Herod would have been all about the Stone of Scone that we talked about last I, week. I was just about to say he, he metaphorically said <laughs> I, I the guarantee stone. you he chipped off a piece of it. Whatever's in Britain is not the whole thing because I guarantee you Herod got some somewhere. Um, <laughs> but they said it, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body and here's why i think that's so interesting because the old testament has this language of the uncut stone but among all of the stones there was one stone that was very important it was the stone that held the weight and positioning of the other stones what was it called the cornerstone Cornerstone. yeah and so you have this language in psalm 118 22 the stone that the builders rejected became the very cornerstone and man that is used in some interesting places in the new testament right Mm. um and so uh i mean you you have it you have it in um by the way it's dealt with in isaiah and in the old testament it's picked up in isaiah about the restoration of zion um it's picked up in zechariah about the restoration of god's people jesus uh appeals to it in matthew 21 uh, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Um, have you not read the scripture? Mark 12, 10. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Luke twenty seventeen. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Acts 4, when they're preaching about Jesus. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Paul picks up on this Ephesians 2. Uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 picks up on this. This is big. Because Jesus is the means of fulfilling the promises to Abraham. Jesus, like this is the, when you wish upon a star, your dreams will come true. Like, this is, Jesus puts back to the stone Jacob rested his head on, and God shows angels uh, ascending and descending, this uncut, unhewn stone. But that's ultimately pointing forward to, to a temple, not something man is going to build. But something God is going to build with His own Son as the uncut stone. Does that make sense? Is is that too ambiguous? I mean, nebulous. No. Um, I love I love that connection, and and there's so much we could say um, about that in the New Testament. But we gotta leave a few things to talk about thirty years from now when we get there. With as much as that we we go forward
0: in trying to highlight when the Bible goes forward and when the Bible goes back, by the time we hit Exodus, we'll have already gone
1: forward enough we can just call it and say we've done the New Testament. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we we left out a big irony last week. Um, we compared um, uh, we compared stones to brick. we left off our usual connection of, of reading Genesis, I mean while you're living the Exodus. Making what were bricks. they doing in Egypt?
0: They were making bricks.
1: Yeah. Uh the uh Egyptians are spiritual cousins of the Babylonians. Hmm.
2: Uh, but but also as you were saying, like so the Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament, it's it's the the whole idea of Paul in Colossians when he says that these things are a shadow of things to come.
1: Oh yeah. Like it it, it never was
2: about a building. It, the, that, that was symbolic. The building was symbolic of what God was doing in a much greater sense, ultimately through Christ.
1: That's it. Um, I, I love, um, I I don't agree with N.T. Wright on everything, but I love his quote. He says the incarnation of, of Christ was God doing exactly what he said he'd do all along in a way that nobody saw it coming right um and so um christ is the cornerstone and a lot of people didn't want to lay their head there
2: yeah that's good
1: Um, so I, i i just i i think that's so interesting in genesis 28 uh especially with reference to this dream because again i I'm, I'm not saying Jacob has this crystal-clear vision and understanding of exactly how this dream is related to what God is going to do in Jesus. But he does see a trajectory of what God does in Jesus is going to accomplish for the world, right? Right. How, how, how is it? Uh, you know, I think of Paul in Galatians. Um, a, a, at the end of Galatians 3... For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you, uh, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. By the way, this is undoing Babel problems and undoing Eden problems language. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. But he he never negates the importance of the Old Testament. And if you are Christ's, verse 29, then you are... Abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise the promise made to Abraham in a dream and the promise reiterated to Jacob in a dream mm. uh, I mean is that tracking right it makes sense to me um uh, uh and again I I think that is um Again, I think the land is not inconsequential to that, but I, I think that the uh, in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Like, do I think Jacob gets the whole biblical trajectory? No, but he does understand this at least as much as Abraham and maybe building on that a little bit of, hey, what God is doing for us is ultimately a part of what God wants to do through us for the blessing of everything that fell under the curse in Eden. God wants to use this to bless the whole world. Hey, one of the things
2: that I do want to mention here is that when we catch this about the dream is this is something that's going to reoccur throughout the scripture when it comes to dreams. Dreams are always incredibly symbolic. Like it would be a mistake for us to think that there is a spiritual stairway somewhere or that there's a a set of golden stairs that exists in the heavenly places. Um, If there is, I just don't think that's what this is trying to communicate. I think that dreams, especially as you see them in the Old Testament, are highly symbolic. Whether they're um, Jacob's dream here, Joseph's dream, Pharaoh's dream, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, all of them, they communicate something very true. But all of the symbolism means something. Like it, um, it's this, not exactly. Wait, so wait,
0: Matt. You're telling me there aren't really there aren't really a bunch of Bales of wheat bowing down. <laughs> That's right. Uh, oh, okay. I,
1: can I can I get preachy for just a second?
2: Sure. Oh, brother, brother,
0: go for it.
1: But, well, well, Matt's uh, Matt's discussion of symbolism and dreams, which absolutely, amen and amen. It reminds me of an old sermon uh, illustration about the importance of foundations, where a guy goes to a, a museum of modern architecture, and there's all sorts of stuff like. Um, uh there's in this museum uh they're they're just trying to challenge conventional expectations of how architectural features and pieces work and so the guy sees all sorts of things columns that aren't supporting anything uh very noticeably he says he sees a stairway that doesn't lead anywhere uh and he asked someone about this he's like What's what's the point of all this? Uh, And the guy says, well, the point of all this is to prove that shapes and spaces and features don't have to weigh the work that we associate uh, in our minds uh, with them working. And the guy says, well, what about the foundation? And the guy says, oh, well, you can't compromise the foundation. You've got to have that. Uh, (laughs) Don't don't go looking for the stairwell, but don't pass over the cornerstone is this passage to me. Yeah, like at the risk so, of sounding preachy. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> um, so
0: we may have talked about it a few episodes back, but this this is Jacob's patriarch moment, right? Like this is him getting yeah. the reiteration, the reiteration of the of the promise. Because I'm si- I'm seeing that blessing the whole world stuff. This is him. This is him getting the full patriarch badge, right?
2: Mm. This is him. He's getting the land promise. He's getting the descendants promise and that not just the descendants, but specifically uh, the, it's the offspring promise that Paul tells us is ultimately Christ. I, this is I, this is the, the, the this is the full enchilada here.
1: By the way, I I don't want to uh, I don't want to overread this, but I do think it's an interesting irony. Um, we, we uh, to my knowledge, we don't have any records of God. Uh, I said this a few episodes back. We don't have, um, any records of God communicating, uh, to Moses through a dream, even though that is referenced that God did that in Numbers 12 for following. Um, but what keeps Moses out of the promised land? A rock. Strike or- an oh, yeah. with a rock. <laughs> That's an interesting, uh, that, that probably has nothing to do, but it's an interesting
0: irony. Well, Moses keeps Moses out of the promised land, but there, there was don't, a rock and roll. Don't
1: be messing with the foundation is all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm.
0: All right, listener, something that you shouldn't be messing with is <laughs> manually searching for the podcast every single week, which I know you do. That's right. <laughs> you as an individual, I'm talking to you now, the ones who are every week searching manually for the Better Than Fiction Bible podcast. We appreciate you listening, but please... Lay your head on the stone, take a rest, and get a notification every Tuesday morning. Let us build the stairwell. That's right. (laughs) The stairwell of notifications. Uh, Every Tuesday morning, another 30 minutes of discussing the narrative. We'll be back next week. Something tells me. Probably going to be Genesis 28 again. Probably going (laughs) to be discussing dreams. But there's good stuff. It's here for a reason. Don't fly over it. And you guys have a great week. And I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday.
2: All right. See you next time. Shalom. All right. I'm stopping.